So I'm definitely in that, I'm in a professional figuring things out stage. Welcome to the And Also With Y'all podcast, a podcast where we are talking to young adults about things that matter to us, to you. And I'm here with Anne Hartlieb. Did I say your name right? Hartlieb? Yes, okay. yes you did. I should have checked with that before. Yes, Hartlieb. Hartlieb. <laughs> and we are here in Charlotte, North Carolina at Christ Church, Episcopal Church. And Anne is a parishioner here. How long have you been here at Christ Church? I've been here for about six years. Um, I came here in 2013 um, from Michigan and um, Googled the closest Episcopal church to where I was living. And this one had a young adult group. And so I (laughs) came to Christ Church. That's great. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Googled it. Googled it. Here it it is. It's close. Found it. Had a young adult group. Bonus. They have young adults. Yeah, which is really what I was, I wanted, I wanted some sort of community when I came down here Mm. um, of folks my age. So I found it. Mm -hmm. On that front, how has it been connecting with young adults in this place? Uh, Folks who, you know, are in your age range or life experience Mm -hmm. that you've found connection with or how have you, how have you experienced maybe belonging in this place? Mm. That's a good question. I think that belonging piece is something that I wasn't sure how I would find that coming from the North and moving to the South. I just, I thought it would be a very different, just cultural way of going about things. Um, But I did find belonging here at the church. Um, I think when I was welcomed the first time I came in by one of the priests as I was leaving, Um, who got my email address and said, okay, I'm going to follow up with you. That meant a lot. Um, And that was the introduction that got me plugged into a young women's group. Um, So there was a young women's Bible study, and we've studied various books, um, some secular and some religious, and having that space every week to go um, Mm. where I could see other women my age in in their 20s and 30s Mm. was really really great to have that introduction to one, a new state and a new community, but also to this group that, that gets my stage in life as well as a platform to, to share what's going on, the hard things and the good things in life. A lot of those things that we don't, that I didn't grow up talking about in church. Um, I grew up where church was a very, you go on Sunday, mom and dad are on vestry or something. They're on committees but that's where church stops. And here I found uh, church is something where I can have friendships that continue on throughout the week. So I'm willing to guess, and it sounds like, yes, Bible study is important. It's important mm-hmm. to read scripture together, I guess. But maybe what was perhaps more important was finding some space mm-hmm. um, and some community to do that with. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it had less to do with what you're reading and more about finding some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. The first, I'm trying to think of the first book that we read. I believe it was, I know we read An Altar in the World or 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we read a fair amount of Brene Brown's books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really interesting how the priest wove a lot of she wrote she wove scripture in as well as just tying it into our daily lives. And I think that's when mm-hmm. it was a good place to sort of merge the scripture with what we're reading in our daily lives and mm-hmm. what's really going on. So it was a Bible study, um, but I'm trying to think of what books in the Bible we read and I'm struggling to name, to name one. That's okay. <laughs> but, but what I do remember is the community that, mm-hmm. that we formed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like um, sermons maybe sometimes, you yeah. know, like it's really hard to remember, like even what happened just this past Sunday, if what mm-hmm. someone said, but over a lifetime of doing that, of hearing those words, mm-hmm. that it, it changes us, right? So, like, maybe the same way with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm equating, like, a priest's yeah. words with, with Scripture, but uh, but maybe, like, the same kind of quality of the more we read it, the more it changes us. And that mm-hmm. maybe that's what's important. Yeah, and sort of that, like that repeat. Yeah, that repeat exposure. <clears throat> and there was also a a young adult Sunday school where we, it was, yeah, Sunday school for young adults where we came together and we read the scripture for the week and talked Mm -hmm. about it. Um, and that interaction and that interface with, with what we were hearing in church was beneficial because I was hearing it multiple times. And then I was able to talk about it with folks my age, as well as the folks, our parents age who were our mentors for the group. So hearing, hearing a mix of perspectives Mm -hmm. was nice. Is nice. So there was some kind of intergenerational quality of it mm-hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that I really value about the community that I've found here is that I'm not just a young adult. I'm part of the whole. Yeah. Um, and that there is this intergenerational mix of perspectives and just welcome. How have you experienced and grown or has this place challenged you to grow and or or where are the where are the gaps even mm-hmm. in, in this place or in your kind of spiritual journey mm. that's a big question yeah that's a big question <laughs> um gosh i think it makes me think of some of the parts of christ church that i am really grateful for and that's the openness to address some of these challenging topics that I might not even discuss with my friends outside of church. Mm. And those topics came mostly from small group um, after we had built some of this relationship. And then they were, there was a second layer of conversations going on in the whole church and faith forums and, and in some sermons. Um, And those would be around addiction, Mm -hmm. mental health in, in general, and what that looks like in different age groups, whether that is teens and, or if that is parents who have lost their child, or if it's a young adult and their spouse is struggling with addiction or something, anything Mm -hmm. along those lines. I think that when the church put it out there as a top, as a topic of conversation, I know I felt more comfortable mm. opening up mm. about what's what's going on in my life and when I was teaching what's going on in my students' life and and how is that impacting our whole community and how mm. as a part of the community as the Charlotte community mm. what role do we play and what roles can we take in the future. I think that's where I've really found my niche here 
at the church is having this table to talk around about the hard stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. and then brainstorming what are, what needs to happen, what we think needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And then to just be okay with not having the answer Mm -hmm. as we explore what that is. So it sounds like the, the church kind of opened the door for that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that helped of saying, here's some things you can talk about and here are the tools to maybe talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's what, that's what I crave is more of living out my faith. And, and if I'm going to be spending my time at church in community, I want it to be more about beyond like moving what my own faith, individual faith journey is. I want it to be more of an expansive experience mm-hmm that integrates many of my experiences, both at work, whether that's at work with friends. I just want it to be this, I don't know, livable, actionable time space. What does it mean to be interconnected in all those different places Mm -hmm. and be Anne? Yeah. Yeah. To be Anne in as Anne Mm -hmm. and then to be Anne in the church. And I think that where my dream is, is to have that like Anne in the church and Anne in the community sort of merge together mm-hmm. because, and I think, I think we're getting there. I think that we're yeah. on the right, the right track. I think that we're asking the right questions and we're getting involved in partnering with organizations and other faith groups that also understand that, that, that we can't be separate. So where is the turbulence mm. in that? What is the thing that's keeping, if, if we're going to take this mm-hmm. 10,000 foot view mm-hmm. and say, Anne, as you kind of you look, looking at yourself, you know, from that perspective, where is, where is the turbulence happening and, and do you go there and what's happening in that place? What's keeping that joining of how you are here and how you might be somewhere else from being one and the same? I think back to when I was teaching and, and I felt like I had to keep my, those lives separate. Mm-hmm. And I was working at, um, a title one school, um, here in Charlotte. And I was living in this world where there were conversations about racism all the time. We had to, in order to be as a white woman, to be effective in a predominantly black and Hispanic school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have those conversations before I started teaching while I was teaching with the people I was learning with, um, as well as with my students. And then there was this sort of code switch of going to a predominantly white church. And I've started, we've, we've had more conversations and I think we've, we're becoming more intentional about merging the two. Um, but then where it comes into where I am sort of struggling of how I can merge these, I think is figuring out my professional impact. I think that that's a large area where I can merge the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at transitioning careers and how can I live out my faith more fully? What are my gifts that I can what are my gifts and what is the context where I can express those, those wants of, I guess, of merging? Yeah. I think what I hear underneath is that 
that question, the mm-hmm. big question, maybe what does God want me to do with my one big, beautiful life, right? Mm-hmm. And that you might be in that space. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah, I definitely am in that space of figuring out where does where does God want me? And then um, does my more like godly calling have to happen in my professional life or does it happen outside of that that's the question isn't it right and it's and and so there's this there's this internal struggle of where where am i with that i have many many interests Mm -hmm. and i feel like god wants me to care about the earth and god wants me to care about mental health and god wants me to care about building relationships with my neighbors and and making these connections so i'm definitely in that i'm in a professional figuring things out stage which is, yeah, it's a holy place is what I'm learning. Holy. There's maybe some degree a of mess. suffering. Yeah. 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 It's a mess. little bit of a mess sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, but I really do have to, like, I think that staying plugged into the community is, is keeping me grounded into my Charlotte and my faith communities. Yeah. St. Irenaeus said, um, the glory of God is the human being fully alive. Mm. So whenever I am talking to young adults and Mm -hmm. I hear that question, part of the voice, one of the voices in my head, uh, one of the voices in my head, uh, that's (laughs) not crazy, right? Right. Um, is saying like, well, this person is following their passions about these things. Mm-hmm. And why is it that as a society we try to say, well, you can't do those things mm-hmm. because they may not make sense or they might not be the most lucrative mm-hmm. of passions mm-hmm. or experiences. But, and yet, God is calling us to be, to have life and life to the full. Mm-hmm. And so why not why not follow those passions you know mm-hmm. and see where they lead and why do we divorce the our professional life from from vocation and dreams mm-hmm. and in an ideal world like this is what i would like to do mm-hmm. but you know before i get there i need to go like like work for 20 years in a cubicle and like have my soul crushed right mm-hmm. You know, I just, I wonder, I, I always, I wonder about that. You know, I also, it's a little bit of, it's a little hypocritical because I have the luxury of, like, I, I actually get to do what I love and mm-hmm. I, I can't believe I get to get paid mm-hmm. to pray, right? And it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to, yeah. to, to do that, to get to travel around and, and mm-hmm. record people on a microphone. Like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... So I, I, I realize that I'm a hypocrite when I say that. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. That was kind of more of a comment than a question, I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I think that going back to going back to teaching is is that I felt like I was able to live my faith um, so often, but and I think that sometimes that can be a little overwhelming, of feeling seeing so many opportunities to show. God's love and to show and to act out my faith while not saying that it's my faith that I'm acting out on, but just as this like humanness of reaching out. 
that got to be really challenging and, and overwhelming of, Mm. oh my gosh, there's so much need. And I am one person. Mm. I'm in a, I'm in a group where there's many other people that are also doing all of this walking in faith and in this God work. Um, but dang, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity. It sounds like you've had a, a life so far of walking and seeing, mm-hmm. seeing some of that, seeing the world and having some perspective, mm-hmm. shifting gears and looking back a little bit at maybe where you've come from. Mm-hmm. How have you experienced that? And where have you, where were those turbulent points or where did you see that suffering and, what did that feel like for you and in, in your in your journey so far? Yeah, so I think I saw I saw more physical suffering, like people physically suffering when I was in middle school. My brother was sick, he had a tumor for a couple of years. And I just saw that like that agony and that pain. Mm-hmm. Um and through all that there was an outlet for me, and that was going outside and walking through the woods. And there was also a, this, this network, this social structural safety net that I knew on Sundays, Sunday mornings, we were going to church and that's just what we did. Um, and having that consistency was really nice. And I think having that, seeing that pain that my brother and my parents were going through, while also having something that was predictable and steady to go to helped carry me through those challenging times in the future of whether that was stress in college and worrying about an exam and what's going to go on with, with this cadaver lab class that I'm enrolled in or, you know, when, when life got really challenging, um, I still found that I was able to, go to church and have some sort of that, that, that grid, that structure, um, that kept me more level headed. And I think another really challenging point was when I came to Charlotte and I came with, there were a hundred other people that moved to the area that were starting teaching in the same situation, similar situations. And it was overwhelming. Like I think teaching, starting teaching was challenging and for me, it was this, this emotional weight that I really struggled with. Where, where can I put that weight that I'm carrying? And even though I was coming to church and I heard, okay, just you know, pray and release it, put it into God's hands. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, God's not on earth. God's not going to make this situation better for this student. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can't, he can't make it better. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was through those repeated conversations and, and building trust with other humans that, all right, they've also gone through some hard things. Hmm. We can lean on each other and I can, I can release this. I think that, that was huge. And another challenging point is taking a leap of faith and changing careers with a career to be determined right now of, um, right. There's a certain amount of suffering in that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And of realizing that, all right, I, f- I felt called to just to make a change, um, and to work towards 
bettering young people's lives and our community's lives. Um, and I felt like that wasn't through traditional teaching in that sense for me right now. And even though that's where I'm feeling called, it's still pretty hard. What was the constant in church that, that kept you? Was it the ritual kind of like action of like going into this place or was it a certain part of the liturgy or was there one, was there something that held that kind of mystery? Like, this is what I'm going here for, or this is what I'm getting from this. Yeah. Um, well, the ritual was always leaving the house late and showing up to church late. That's how the ritual started. <laughs> um, even though we knew what time church started every single Sunday and it was always, you know, someone was running late in family. Um, we had this joke in my family, like as long as we got there, you know, before the preacher started yeah or like or maybe like maybe we'll hit the gospel like as they're coming down you know the aisle to to, to read the gospel if we mm-hmm. can get there by then like we can it's okay it's all right yeah well yeah. it was all six of us you know walking into church and so you know definitely drew drew some looks um <laughs> but there that's a good question i think it was uh seeing consistent people um and seeing faces that that I knew and and recognized um but it was also a a place to where it was quiet and I you know I didn't have to talk with other people except for the peace and I could just sort of brainstorm I wasn't really understanding the gospel and and that just seemed way too like my hands are going up in the air like I I don't know it was it was above what I was understanding. Um, and then in high school that became more of a social outlet then informed. Um, there's this, this program, I don't know if it's still going on called happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went one, it's still happening. It's still hap- happening. Yeah. It's still happening. Yes. Okay. Um, warm and, fuzzies and, uh, all that. Yes. All of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother did it he when he was sick or when he was, you know, having his leg challenges. And I remember he just, he left that weekend just in a very different place of mind. And I thought, okay, there's got to be something really peaceful or, or something about this. Um, so then when I was in high school, I went through that. And I just, I remember being around this community and there's really quiet music and there's places to reflect. Um, and it was that, that reflection and that time to not have answers. Maybe looking back, I can see it's that not having answers and that time to just reflect and not have, you're not in class. You don't have to give an answer. It's not, you're not in Sunday school. No one's asking you about what the gospel was about. It's just reflecting on, on God's love and sort of soaking that in. I think that was sort of a draw. So closely tied to that, and I suspect, mm-hmm. was you, you mentioned going like outside, mm-hmm. like you just needed some space. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you were looking for space, and mm-hmm. some places provided that, mm-hmm. maybe better than others. Yeah. So yes, church is holding a space, but sometimes you needed to get out of that space into a happening where... Mm-hmm. Some things were cultivated that you that space was created for someone to really think more deeply about um, what does it mean to be 
I've, uh, I didn't go through happening mm-hmm. yeah. on on this on that end of things. Uh-huh. When I was ordained a priest, um, I experienced happening from the other side mm-hmm. of being kind of more a mentor, spiritual advisor kind of role. Mm-hmm. But I still experienced the love of God in that place, mm-hmm. and so I'm imagining back to that, and I'm I'm wondering if if that if that was space to maybe contemplate a little more deeply what it means to be someone who is totally, utterly loved by God. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if there's an element of, of like nature, of being outside and finding, finding God and having that space to also contemplate those, mm-hmm. those wonders and, and mysteries of creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's that, that joy for me that, that mm-hmm. I feel when I'm outside. And when I look up and I'm in the middle of a forest and I'm seeing these birds and I hear leaves, you know, shaking from the trees, um, that to me sort of reminds me that, wow, we're in this expansive world and these things just don't happen. Like there's, there's someone, there's something that is, that is shaping these experiences to elicit this positive um, joyous feeling. Um, and that's what I really feel from being outside. I love hiking and that's another, I mean, another God moment of walking through on a trail and all these little curves. And it's, it's an opportunity to see what else there is and that there's more than what meets the eye. If I'm driving and I see trees, okay, that's, that's beautiful. But when I'm walking in and I'm seeing all the detail of well, lichens on a tree and moss and flowers and squirrels, I'm like that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that that to me causes that causes me to pause and just think, okay, there's when I'm faced with the challenge, there's more that's that's involved in that, and there can be some sort of beauty that I can see. So you mentioned uh, walking on the Camino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe say a little bit about that for folks who don't know what the what that is. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering about that experience and maybe what it was you found there. Did you know you were looking for something? Did you find that was it just walking, mm-hmm. or was it more? Yeah. So the Camino de Santiago is a pilgrimage route in northern Spain. Um, the most famous one is the French Way that starts in France and it goes, I forgot how many kilometers, 800 some, 900, I don't know, a a good ways. Um, You're walking for about a month. Um, And then, and there's some movies about it. And then there's many other ways. And these are, no, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is where the real life and the spiritual life and reading the Bible, if I read more of the Bible, I would know. Um, (laughs) But, uh, so these are different pilgrimage routes that people, folks went um, to go to Santiago de Compostela in Galicia, in northwestern Spain. Um, and now many people will go on these walks for religious reasons, or just trying to be healthy, or just because. Um, and I did, I did the Camino last year um, with students when I was teaching in Spain. Um, and I did the last 100 kilometers of the French Way. And walking it with students with high schoolers was really um 
it was a different experience. I think the first thing that surprised me was that they were playing music um, with these little portable speakers. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, why are you like, ruining this experience? It's, it's so beautiful. Like it's snowing. It's October and it's snowing. And, and it's like, look around. It's, it's stunning. And you can hear all these wonderful things. Um, and then I reminded myself that I am not in control and I do not know what's best. Um, and to just let it, to just let it go. And what I found, um, what I could see was groups of students coming together. And I saw that when some students were really pushed to their limit of they've got blisters on their feet, it's only the second day, we're walking through rain that turns into snow, they've got a heavy pack because they overpacked. But then... And like with a really... like with a Bluetooth speaker that might yeah, unnecessarily add weight. They didn't bring water. <laughs> like, okay, all right, yeah. we've 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 got this perfect storm. Right. Um, but for me to to just be there as as a guiding hand, even that's if that's to talk them through it, to connect them with another student so that they have folks to walk with. I found seeing community really come together mm-hmm. was was. Um, encouraging and i i really hope that these Mm. that the students will see god's presence in in their walk later on i was captivated by just the natural beauty of Mm. of everything that i was seeing Mm. um in the care of these trails Mm. and then when i did the primitivo which is the original route um this past summer with my dad um the generosity generosity is something that that came up of people helping strangers people piercing my dad's blisters um on his feet like that is some godly Mm -hmm. work right there um that Mm -hmm. i just didn't i don't see in my daily life yeah um and knowing that i had the strength to get through some of those hard days and that even if i did get lost there's a couple things even if i did get lost there was a trail marker 20 feet ahead and i just had to push through so your first experience on the Camino, you mm-hmm. were you were kind of leading. Yeah, I was accompanying you the ha- students. On you were, you had some hyper vigilance maybe about you of I'm responsible for these. Yeah. Kid of these young yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was a maybe a very different experience than the second time through, huh? Yeah, yeah, and it was actually <clears throat> the first part was hard too because I was accompanying the students. But I had to teach myself how to release that control mm-hmm. of let it just happen. You know, the, the rest of the teachers are, are somewhere else. And, and they gave the students the freedom to, to walk all day. They told them where we were eating lunch and where they were going to, where we were sleeping that night. Mm-hmm. And students walked. And they weren't, they weren't mm-hmm. anxious about it. And coming from America, I thought, oh my gosh, we have to, oh my gosh, we have to keep them all together in you know a single file line we have to really watch them yeah but no we don't have to that was that was really amazing and releasing that even Mm. when a student walked five kilometers past the hostel that we were staying in we got her back she was fine (laughs) Mm -hmm. she wasn't upset she enjoyed it she was just on on her groove walking in thought Mm -hmm. that's beautiful which was beautiful and then when (laughs) i had the opportunity to do it I still felt this, this some level of responsibility um, 
is my dad befriended everyone who spoke Spanish and he said, hola. Um, <laughs> and so I felt this like, you know, translation. Very dad-like. Very dad-like. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and his Spanish is just add an O to the end of every word. And, and that's his Spanish. <laughs> So, um, Your dad's like a walking meme of, yes. of like dad life. Oh, dad, yeah. yes, he is very much a walking meme of that. <laughs> um, but but then um, it was a really, I, I think it was a good bonding experience for us. He's pretty open about his faith, and he encourages me to release things to God and pray th- pray about things uh, because I tend to take things in and try to control them myself. And it provided a really open space for us to talk about our lives and and you know these the relationships that we have on earth it was it was this level of spiritual and emotional intimacy that is really hard to find in the structure of our daily lives it's beautiful so you're in this place right now Mm -hmm. where you're looking ahead or trying to right Mm -hmm. of like what's God, what do you want me to do next? Just, like, show me this path, right? Mm-hmm. In a way, are you not on, like, your own Camino yeah. right now? And I wonder if the same relationship that you had, maybe with those students, mm-hmm. or walking beside your dad, maybe the, oh my gosh, like, that, you're so overpacked. Like, I wish you could let go of these things that you think you need, but just, like, let him go. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's not how God is viewing us right now. Mm. James, you are so overburdened with these these things that you think you need. But just let him go, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that same relationship isn't, you know, of that, that the beautiful moment you said where, where you had to let go of knowing where this person was at all times and having tabs and, and that's like kind of fear that to a sense, God lets go too Mm. and lets us walk, walk a path. But when we think we we go five miles or five kilometers Mm -hmm. uh, beyond and we need to kind of be reined back in that, that God is there waiting for us Mm. too. So I wonder if like, I wonder how it feels maybe to be here and now on this path. And I wonder what it would look like to take that same viewpoint of, of being on the trail mm-hmm. towards vocation, like the trust that goes with that mm-hmm. or the letting go piece of saying, this is okay. Mm-hmm. Or the piece about staying on the trail or and off the trail or, Mm-hmm. Where's the next, if I can just see that next sign, that that next um, blaze, mm-hmm. you know, on a tree or on a post, if I could just get to that, then I'll find the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. And what might be those, what, what are the things that are keeping you going? What what does it feel like to maybe find that, that next blaze? Mm. Yeah, what you said earlier about that, God letting us sort of go and maybe walk that five kilometers ahead or off and then to come back and he's waiting there for us. That was, that was really comforting of, of knowing, being reminded of that fact that we are able to head off on a trail on a different route 
and God will be there waiting. So, yeah, I definitely do feel like I'm on this Camino right now mm. in my, in my life. And, and I, I'm, I have this dream of what's, what's ahead and how I can piece things together. Um, but those steps to get there aren't very clear. And it's a little, it's pretty unnerving not seeing that step, that next sign. But I, I think that's, I'm learning a lot about faith and I think this is what faith is sort of like of it is pretty blind. Can't, can't see it, but I can journal about it. Um, I can pray about it. Journaling is a form of praying. I can go for a walk. That's a form of praying for me. And that I don't have to have the answer and reminding myself of that. Just like I didn't have to tell the students exactly where to go. That if I'm moving forward in some path, I can find my way back and sort of get recalibrated. And isn't it interesting how if we use this metaphor of, of journey and or path or walking on a Camino that, yeah, we may not be able to see that next place, but we can, we might be able to turn around and see the, the steps that we just took. Mm-hmm. And when we do, we might be able to notice, oh, hey, I can see how I got there, mm-hmm. here, from there. Mm-hmm. And I can see how God was in that. So I just want to say thank you. And thank you for sharing your story, well, you. for being vulnerable. That's, that goes a long way, especially in today's world. And I think we would all do better to practice vulnerability. And, and thank you for telling your story to you know, unknown listeners. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It's, it's a journey. And I think hearing other people's where other people are at can help, has helped me in opening up and being more um, sure in the path that I'm on. So thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, that's it for this episode of, and also with y'all. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next time for more conversations with young adults from across this diocese and across the church. I'm your host, James Franklin. And if you want to know more, please visit us online at episdionc.org for more information. And especially if you are searching for a spiritual home, we'll be glad to connect you. Have a blessed day.